something about Mary. It was love at first sight, I would have to say. <laughs> Wait a minute. Only f- I felt that way. I'm feeling like you didn't feel the same way. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> and you're so warm and friendly. It was so fun chatting with you that day. And yeah, it felt that was like-, like so much fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. We need to like all get like, because you know what it is? I feel like so many of us girls were like, kind of always by ourselves. People don't realize when you're camming and doing all that stuff, you're not really with all the other people. So it's so fun when you just get to sit around and like talk to other girls that are doing the same thing, you know, because we were very hard to relate to, believe it or not, Matt. There's not a lot of people. <laughs> no, there's not a lot of people that can understand. Like, like when I hang out with my neighbor here in Parkland, she'll laugh. Like I wanted to go up to the mailman to give him something. And I was like, Hey, Mr. Mailman. And she's just like, how do you know to do that? I'm like, that's just the kind of stuff I do. And <laughs> flirty. And I feel like when you're with other girls in this business, they understand more. I think, I think comparatively though, anytime that you're doing anything that's not the normal desk job, it's very exciting when you find someone else who knows the struggles of like Mm -hmm. self-employment and you know, like, like I've been finding myself talking to more and more people as like a first time freelancer that understand like tax things that I'm baffled Mm -hmm. by because it's like, Oh, they can, help me with that type of conversation <laughs> versus like yeah. everyone else. They just have the benefit of like, Oh, they just have to like hop onto TurboTax, And in a matter of like five minutes, they're done for the year. And it's mm. like, for me, it's like, here's 14 notebooks and here's like every receipt that I've <laughs> for every single purchase I've made. And let's see if I can get like $3 back. You know, I've never totally. gotten money back. I get so jealous of the no. people who get money back. You know, we got to pay, we got to pay big time. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I have time. like a million different, like I'll get like some, like, you know, 1099s and then like half of them just aren't even given to me. So like I have to keep track all year long, like mm-hmm. exactly like what income I've made and everything. So yeah, it's a mess. I no, never do it by the tax deadline. No, I call either. I call tax day. It's the national um, extension filing day for all yeah. of us with ADHD <laughs> and like the day of shame because it's like, oh man, I swore like this year would be different. And it's like, nope, still oh. tax day. And I'm like emailing my, emailing my accountant. And he's like, don't worry, I already filed your extension. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because I, like, I did for a couple of years, I was just doing dog walking full time. And like that was my first like rude awakening of like, oh, you're supposed to like really be putting money aside. So it was like, how am I going to come up with $4,000 in a couple of weeks? 4, like, it was, try yeah. and coming up with $40,000. Oh, no, trust me. I was, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Spoiler alert, dog walking, not yeah. very profitable. <laughs> but, but like this year doing like the full-time podcasting thing, like my, my aunt does all of the taxes for like my whole family. So like I rolled in, I had like individual binders for each different type of receipt and like different notebooks for like this was this income's notebook and this is this income's notebook and here's a notebook of all my mileage and like, let's do this. I'm not going to be screwed over this year. Well, we get to write off, I think our, well, nails, hair, all those things, because these are things that like, you know, we need to have, you know, my accountant, I remember in LA one day, he's like, you cannot write off getting your nails done. I was like, well, yes, I can, because when I go to the strip club, if my nails look gross, that's not what they're paying for. They're paying for you to look like a fantasy, you know, and to be this well-known person. And you have to have your hair, your nails, your makeup, you know, it's a lot of stuff, right? Do you write it all off too? 
Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I wrote <laughs> off my boob job. Yep. Oh yeah. These mm-hmm. were expensive too. So when I got them redone, they were very expensive. And so, yeah, I wrote the whole thing off. Even the accountant was like, okay, I think this charge, it looks like, um, <laughs> is this plastic surgery? <laughs> like, <"Yep." laughs> so yeah, you totally can. I mean, it's part of it. And actually my income increased significantly afterwards. So really, hey, oh, it's wow. like very legitimately like, you know, you can prove that what I did was an upgrade and for business. There you go. Well, that was this week's episode of Filing Your Taxes with Mary Carey. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I still, I mean, I have an extension too. So I mean. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And I still owe for last year's, you know, but luckily I did pay the year before that because finally in order to get the refinance on my house here, I had to like pay off the 30,000 that I owed, you know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it's really scary getting behind. Okay, we will not talk about taxes anymore. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's get into some first. Let's okay, talk let's about talk some about, first. Because we do have Ray of Sunshine here. Ray, what's the first day of your life that you remember? Oh, booby shaking. <laughs> I do first? that too. I do that in like grocery stores. Like, why well, just go like this a lot? We'll be at the Florida Panthers games like. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I, yeah, actually. Yeah, that's a whole different story. But <laughs> um, I I do the butt when I'm like shaking in grocery oh, stores. But on when I'm on camera, I do my boobs a lot. It's like a fidgety thing too. Me too, because you're just thing. staring like, at yourself. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I was say, like anyway. Mary does that to me, and it's like I am not the person that needs that. <laughs> I didn't realize I do that to you. Yeah, even yesterday when we signed off, you signed off by doing like one of this to me. <laughs> Like, I I am your friend slash producer. You don't have to do that. <laughs> no, but sometimes I'll be at the grocery store and I just start rubbing my, I just go like this and I'm just like, and I'll be in the checkout line. And then if someone's with me, they will be like, what are you, like, why are you grabbing your boobs in public? Oh my God. <laughs> it's not conscious. Yeah. The only time I was ever arrested was for holding, grabbing my boobs. <laughs> In a strip club. In a strip club, I got arrested for touching my boobs in a strip club. The rules so were ridiculous. you couldn't do that. And I remember when I grabbed my boobs, I quickly like lifted my hands up like, no, I didn't actually touch them. But yeah, I got arrested for it. And I stuck a DVD in my butt cheeks. But I had a thong on. So was it in Oklahoma? No, it was in Tacoma, Washington in 2005. Oh, wow. And then it was, it was like a big ordeal because it was when Dave and Tony Lee were together. It was a Tony booking. And um, I was like, well, because the club couldn't open the next day. The managers were arrested. Everyone was arrested. So I was like, well, I, I get paid. According to my contract, it says if the club does not open, I get paid. And it was like this big ordeal. And then they kept coming to my hotel room with like a bunch of one- – like it was like they must have been gathering up ones or something because they really <laughs> came and like multiple trips because it was – it's like a $6,000 booking, you know. But back yeah. in the day when feature dancing was super good. <laughs> I was arrested I that day. I missed that. Day. I know you did. You really, <laughs> I still missed. Like, I always would hear the stories about like the 90s because I started in like 2001, was my first feature. Book. I'll take the 2000s shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Over it was, now. <laughs> yeah. Now I think it's gotten really bad. I think feature dancing is not as good. I think that the people with money are like at home joining OnlyFans or camming. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. clubs aren't as good. Although it's a it different world. Yes, it really is. It's like, it's really bad now. Okay. Happy talk, right? First day of your life. Sorry, I go off on weird tangents. I don't know if I remember a full day. Like, I'm trying to think of all my earliest 
memories and they're like little flashes. Yeah. I mean, I remember some of preschool. I was, this is like, I guess, appropriate for me since I'm always late (laughs) and the entire world knows that. I'm like really time blind. It's funny because I was actually late to preschool. (laughs) My first day of preschool. So that means my mom was late too, or I just somehow magically held her up because that's just like what I do. (laughs) And you got to pick like which group you're in. And there's like the star group and the kitty group and my best friend got the kitty group. And I loved kitties when I was really little. Mm. And so then, <laughs> and I'm like, why? I'm like, I want the kitty. That one's taken. Like, okay, I guess I'll take the star or like, okay, the dog, you know, it's all taken. <laughs> you get the house. <laughs> oh, you <were> so <laughs> the entire year I had to be a house, like, which was like, you know, not very exciting. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I didn't want to be a house. I wouldn't I didn't want to be, want a, to be house. a house. I think I yeah. cried. Yeah, that was like that's like one of the first things I remember. So you're always I'm always late to everything too. Like always. Like if I have a doctor's appointment at 10, I'm like always there at 10 20. And I remember when I worked at Playboy, they were like, okay, when we give Mary a call time, it's a suggestion for her. She'll just show but I wasn't like that was because and it sounds horrible. Once I like ran for governor and I felt like my name was bigger, I was really late to everything. Just like Rhea. Rhea, are we going to be late yeah. to the Panthers game? You're not late to that, right? No, you're early for Panthers games. Sometimes I'm on time. Sometimes. You know, because the best time of a game, I used to go to basketball games in LA all the time. That's how I dated NBA players. Because, you know, the NBA players can actually pass you their number because of the way, you know, like they don't have the glass sitting there. And um, I would go like now an hour just early. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll take that too. So <laughs> we'll have some fun. <laughs> we will for sure. Rhea did send us a bunch of. Yeah, I know. Shirts. She's a responsible so me, person. Yeah. The first, <laughs> the first person to really be like, here's a list. You told us that your first kiss story is pretty funny. So maybe we'll mm. start there. Yeah. It's short, but interesting, I guess. Um, my first kiss, I was in the eighth grade and I was into musical theater Mm -hmm. and I had not kissed a boy yet. And my first kiss was to a, sorry if he's listening, I don't think he'd be listening, but a overweight, sweaty, smelly gay guy. (laughs) And and we're in rehearsal and he's like, is it okay if you kiss? I'm like, yeah. I mean, like, I didn't really care. Like, I was fine. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, great. This is my first kiss. Okay. <laughs> in musical theater. That's so funny. I love musical theater. I I couldn't sing. So I just did dance. But yeah, did you I was always, no, I was always cast in the dance roles. Um, and that one, I was like, only a lead role because I was basically silent the whole time. It was <laughs> so yeah. Um, but basically, it's kind of funny because my first kiss was like in a performance setting. And now that's like what I do. Yeah, that's anyway. true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been doing it all in front of people my whole life. <laughs> now, did you do, so did you do a lot of like your, throughout high school and stuff, musical theater also? Like it was um, like- in high school, I was doing mostly dance. I didn't yeah. keep going with musical theater at that point. I think it was like pretty obvious. I couldn't sing very well. So I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> like, let me stick to dance. So yeah, yeah, I did like the dance team stuff and lots of dance classes and everything. That's so good. Cause I was, yeah, I was on, well, once I quit doing ballet, I was on my college dance team though, but yeah. So hey. we're both dancers together. That's fun. Absolutely. Matt, are you a dancer too, Matt? I've not met a dance floor that I would decline going out onto. 
to, but professionally, mm-hmm. no. So like, <laughs> I've got a wedding this weekend. I will dance my heart out the entire time I'm on that dance floor. But will it look good? Is up for debate. <laughs> it just has to feel good. That's the that's you know. I took that dance like nobody's watching, very very to heart, and uh, put on a, a show. No, it's true. But you know, when you're feature dancing, it's funny because I'm sure you feel like this too, right? When you have a good crowd, it's like everything feels like you're dancing better, right? And when you have like that mm-hmm. slow crowd where the club basically just put a flyer of you in there, and then they're mad that no one's there and it's dead, and then you're like, I feel like I'm on stage so long, and I. I feel like am I am I just horrible up here? But then, like if it's crowded, it feels it feels like you're like a really good dancer, you know. Yeah, you, are, like she's a, a good dancer. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh yeah, I see. You're like, oh yeah. <laughs> Back in like 2004 or five, I would like tell the guys by the stage, I'm like bring two shots, and then I would like mix them up to make sure they didn't drug me. But then I would like sit and do shots on stage, and I remember being like, God, I feel like I'm Kid Rock or something. <laughs> Kid Rock at the time, and I, yeah, I really did feel like I was on like a, a rock star tour, dancing. Oh, now oh, yeah. I want to feature dance again because I was kind of like over <laughs> it. Now I want to do it. Rhea, do you still like doing it? I do. I have, I'm actually taking a break from it, but I'm going back. I'm not like done yeah. featuring. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I am taking a break. It the traveling is intense. It really, and these it's really it's hard bad. to do. It's bad now. It's hard to do other like it. Like I get incredibly behind. Okay, look, I'm mm. me, and I get behind no matter what. Like, <laughs> yeah. you give me one task, I will find a way to get behind on it. But <laughs> let's yeah. not like sugarcoat yeah. anything. I especially get behind on all my online stuff, which is like really important in the majority of my income every time mm-hmm. I travel. So I'm like, I'm gonna take a break. Just press pause on all of that. Work on this stuff, and then I'll go back to it just because it's so fun. Yeah, no, it's true. Feature dancing is fun, but like, you know, these days the travel's gotten really bad too. I mean, with the flights and everything, it was obviously because of COVID, you know, so it's not, it's just, it's a lot harder now. And first class upgrades don't go through the same way either. So I'm not happy flying coach, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) Okay, Rhea, (laughs) what was your first time ever feature dancing or going to a strip club, right? First strip club that you ever danced at. Oh God. Okay. (laughs) I first worked and I actually ended up somehow I miraculously stayed at this place for like three and a half years. I now look back and I'm like, that was like, like what I went through on a daily basis there was terrible. Like, why did I stay? (laughs) Um, There's just lots of hazing, lots of manipulation between Mm. girls, really intense. um, There's only, it's a very, very small club. It's a bikini bar. So you actually don't even take your top off, but otherwise it's the same. You have to sell dances. There's only two seats to give dances to. So you have to wait in line and you have to entertain these guys and keep them there with you while you're waiting in line to sell your dances. And then of course, once you're- Is this Jumbo's clown room? But but think like Jumbo's and just more- This sounds amazing though. Catty, like- Caddy, drunk girls, and like less skilled dancers, and you get sporty's bikini bar. <laughs> One of the girls are really sweet and like you know whatever. But um, and I always like got along with everyone. Whatever. I know I'm like kind of going all over the place, no, but I, I have that, to yeah. set the stage. I got along with everyone, but clearly half of them didn't get along with me. But you never know because they're mm. nice to your face type of thing. Mm. It's like very crazy like that. The back room is like a shoe box and there's like 21, 22 girls working a night. And there's like, you know, the customers are limited and the regulars. It's like really intense. We could have had a reality TV show for shoe (laughs) Anyway, I walk in my first day on the job. I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking I'm, I'm green. And you know how it is in strip clubs. 
you know, now I look back and I shake my head, but like when you're new, if you're not in that environment, it's not the same culture as like meeting friend, new friends at a party or something or meeting people at any <laughs> new job really. And yeah, manager is like signals to the girls. Um, so-and-so and so-and-so this is Rhea. I'm like, hi. And then he leaves. And I'm like, what's, what's your names again? You know, yeah. and, then, and they look Blair, <laughs> and look back at each other and keep talking. <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh, okay. <laughs> so I'm just like getting ready. And then the club is like pretty dead, but I don't really know this because actually it's not pretty dead. It's extremely dead. I don't know this though. Cause it's like my first day there. So I'm thinking, okay, like, you know, what am I doing? Am I doing it right? I have to go on the stage. It was like really nerve wracking. Cause at this time we had to be our own DJ and like oh. input the song on the jukebox. And I'm like, couldn't find anything. And cause the girls are like bitchy to each other, <laughs> everything's in code. So like, they'll like put the songs, they'll load their songs on, but like make it so that you can't find the song, you know? So I'm like stressing, trying to get the music. Like, what am I going to dance to? Oh my God. And then I, I put it on. I get on stage. <laughs> oh my God. Tell me. <laughs> start dancing. There's no one at stage. Oh, except worse. one man. <laughs> Pretty sure he was homeless, but couldn't tell. And he was <laughs> sleeping with his head down, like on his hands. Um, club, in the onto, the tip, onto the tip rail like at least like temporarily like you know yeah. not uh, off there were a couple guys around the strip club like at the bar you know and it's so small that they'll turn in and face the stage so still people were watching so I'm doing it you know whatever and then um dancing trying to get into it like trying to make eye contact with people kind of uh, like you know come up here <laughs> and then <laughs> And it, it, but it was still dead the whole time. I think someone like came and gave me a few bucks. Like it was like a pity. I think I made seven dollars <laughs> And then um, but the best part is I'm dancing, and then like depending on where we were in the song, the homeless dude on the stage perks up, he lifts his head up and does air drums. But um but um but um but um but um goes back down. <laughs> oh my god. I'm thinking, oh my god, this is like I'll remember this forever. Like, what is this? You know? And then even after like some of the girls after the whole night, like, how was your first night? I'm like, good. I think, you know, and (laughs) (laughs) the next night I worked was like infinitely better. I'm like, Oh shit. That's what it's supposed to be like. Okay. (laughs) It's so true though. Strip clubs are like that. You never, but you know, it's still more money than you make it like a normal job generally. You know what I mean? Even your night was probably still pretty good. What was your first feature dance thing? So this was your first uh, regular club. Mm-hmm. What was the first time you feature dance like? Where'd you go? Do you remember? Mm, yes. I actually, so I did my very first feature at Hustler in San Francisco, but it was before oh, I, I officially featured. That's I like got club. booked through their their things like separate. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know what I was doing. I knew I was supposed to do a set and like kind of <laughs> make it themed and like do a bunch of songs. So my very first feature was basically just my normal stripper routines um, in schoolgirl outfits. And because their whole thing was back to school night and schoolgirl oh. outfits. And just doing my stage stuff. At that time, I did a lot of pole dancing and stuff. So I was into it, but I didn't really know. Like, I didn't act as much like a feature, I guess, like on the mm-hmm. stage. But it was still really fun and good and crowded and yeah. whatnot. Sold a lot of dances. and That's such a good club. I love that club. I've only featured there once. With the management. and <laughs> That's a fun club, though. That was one of my favorites, actually. I only was there one time in, like, 2011. 
When were you there? Probably more recently, obviously. I've been wasn't... there. Yeah, I've been there more recently too. That that time was in end of 2016. Okay. Or fall, fall 2016, yeah. I think. And then I actually started featuring like with Dave as my agent and everything in the spring, I think it was like March or April or something of the next year. So the first one was just kind of like a random feature. And then I got I got in touch with Dave and Dave's best. Yeah. All right. So I want to jump back in time. Mm-hmm. So I assumed when you sent the email that the first kiss story would also be tied to the first boyfriend, but obviously it was not. So can you tell us a little bit about your first boyfriend? <laughs> or she was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He looks so cute. She looks so cute. My first boyfriend, I was in high school. I was 14 or 15. I think I was 15. I don't know. I, th- I feel like when I look back to it, it was very cute. Like mm-hmm. we were very much like in young love, like the high school love, like where you'd like, you know, hang out all the time, whatever. He'd bring me coffees every day, which I loved. <laughs> we smoked that's a lot of weed together. <laughs> we were big stoners. Yeah. That's like and high I did, school though. I did lose my virginity to him and that's a good story too. Oh. But. <laughs> I mean, let's just get right into that story. Yeah, then. let's do it. Okay. Okay. So yeah, we were oh. ditching class. <laughs> Already off to a great start. I'm loving it. It started at lunch, right? But then after lunch was fifth period. So like for lunch, we smoked a bowl. So we got stoned, (laughs) drove over to this Mexican restaurant we really liked, and then started making out in the car and things got like, you know, hot and heavy. And then I'm like, now I want it now, you know? And he's like, are you sure? Because before I was like, don't pressure me, whatever, you know, (laughs) little prude. And then I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so we were stoned and we fucked in like the front passenger seat outside the Ooh. Mexican restaurant during fifth period. Oh my <laughs> and God. then after we went in and did Your get ourselves. <laughs> oh, now how long were you with this guy? Were you guys together long, like after this for a while too? Yeah, yeah. After this for a while, we were together like a year. Did the sex get better then from the car to like? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, yeah, yes, yes, because that I was kind of like, okay, and I grew up Christian. So I was like a super sin for me to like, even though I didn't really feel like it was, but I still had a lot of like feelings to wrestle with. And I'm like, okay, all right, that is what I'm (laughs) supposed to not do. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Is that all there is? (laughs) (laughs) Is that all there is? That's what I thought. I'm like, why do people make a big deal over this? That's what I used to think. This is stupid. The the Christian (laughs) upbringing is no joke though. Like still at like 36, I feel like there's, I forget what someone called it on TikTok, but it was like climax guilt where it's like immediately afterwards, you're just like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Like like that guilt Mm -hmm. that had been beat into you since you were like a teenager that it's like all of it is bad never ever ever until you're married and your goal is to create babies and nothing else like it's it's wild how that sticks with you for a pretty long time it is and it's also just society I think and like society treats like sex and sexual pleasure as kind of this taboo topic and a hidden like something we don't talk about you know it's it's kind of something to be hidden in society which is interesting because i think that also contributes to it yeah no i think that that's very true i mean it's something we always talk about too is the way people judge people in our business you know like matt does a podcast for tanya tate they erased her instagram account like completely or just erased it for her 
mine, I've been going, it's going backwards. It's like it, the reach is down. I went from like 859,000 to 792 for last year. It just keeps going backwards, not putting me out there. And I think it's just, well, it's like Matt says, Britney Spears can post a picture topless. But if we do that, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Totally. It's Covering all. Covering our boobs. It's, yeah, it's rough. It's really rough it's out there rough. on social media for us adult entertainers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and I was even saying, like, I've never done porn in my life. For starters, no one would pay for that. But, like, <laughs> secondly, like, but I've, you know, I was a personal assistant for Tanya. Now I'm her podcast editor. Mm -hmm. I work with Mary Carey. And there's even, like, a stigma where it's like, oh, I do a podcast for, for a former porn star. And it's like, oh, so you're a porn star? And it's like, <laughs> no. Like, it's like, true. People say things like that. They do. Yeah. yeah if you're even tangentially, like, related <laughs> yeah. it, to the porn industry, it's like, oh, you're, like, you know, you're censored. You're, like, muted. You're if whatever. you're, like, a lawyer that a porn star uses, someone's like, oh, so yeah. you're part of the industry now. <laughs> It's true. I had my porn accountants. I mean, I think people, <laughs> yeah. they were like, they did like AVN back. This is like 20 years ago. They did AVNs. They did the owner of uh, Kick-Ass Pictures, all these different porn companies. And they were like the porn accountants. But then it hurt them from getting where no one else wanted to like use them because they did all the porn people. It's, it's yeah. insane oh. that that is such mm -hmm. a big deal. Like that. Well, you know what I've been thinking? And it's great to share it on a podcast because maybe yes. someone will listen and take yeah. action. But actually, I was thinking how the adult industry is a really great niche industry to service if you're trying to get out there in a particular field like sometimes it's easier to like cater to niches like when you're trying to make a name for yourself like you know even in real estate like be the porn star like realtor for an area you know yeah. LA or Vegas or something but like be <laughs> like you know kind of like that direction or if you know obviously social media or whatever you know therapist, counselor, accountant, um, <laughs> you know, anything you need in life, like, cause it's so hard for us, especially a bank. Oh my God. Someone please open mm. a porn star bank. Cause we would all <laughs> porn like star bank star. we yeah, wouldn't go true. there. We're not allowed to bank in normal banks. We have to like conceal. I'm not going to say what bank cause I don't want to get kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, but are there like, so the banks are, I didn't realize that was happening. I think I had oh, heard yeah. about it with OnlyFans. But it's, yeah, you, if you don't say anything, mm -hmm. you can usually skate by, but yeah. like they have the know your customer laws. And so like, if they ask what you do, and if you were what? to tell them you're in adult entertainment, they would say, we're freezing your, all of your funds. You might not have access to them for 90 days and maybe even take them. I don't even know. But then <laughs> I didn't know this. you can't bank here anymore. And so then like, I don't know. You, well, you have to try your luck at credit unions or whatever. Um, it's really I did not know up. this. Because we yeah. pay taxes, but we're not protected for like, to me, I would think going to a major bank is sort of like, should be a right of yeah. every citizen. Because the way money flows, like you really kind of need it in this day and age. The, the stuff that I think about when I think about how taboo it is, is like, imagine if, you know, a bunch of you were like, all right, for one day, we're going to donate 100% of what we make to like St. Jude's or like some like big, important children's fund. Somehow that would still get twisted in this terrible thing. Like, oh, how could St. Jude's accept money from those people? Like, and it's like, you're just trying to do something. You can't even just do something good without it being tainted with some weird, like, it, 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 I agree exactly with what you're saying. And you're right. People, <laughs> I jokingly said, I, I'm, I will happily be the podcast producer for any porn star that is looking to start a podcast a because <laughs> I don't care, but B 
I'm hoping that if I produce enough porn star podcasts, that will become uh, something in the AVNs and I can win an AVN without being in a porn. <laughs> it's like, just have a statue up there Absolutely. for like podcasts of the year. Yeah, no, it's totally true. Yeah. Or even like social media advice and like um, ways to navigate, you know, and like stuff like that for that are that's more catered to us because like we're such a marginalized group on there. But yeah, that's, that's totally true. exactly it. Like with the podcast, it's like, yeah. We need people because, you know, you go on like even now, like sometimes I'll go on Fiverr to get like little work things contracted and done. And it's like sometimes people will just be like, no, yeah. <laughs> and you don't know, like, you know, it's kind yeah. of depends. And that, understandably so, like, that's fine. Some people will venture there. A lot of people won't. <laughs> well, I also I think that there's also this as someone who even when I was like doing the personal assistant thing, like. Throughout my family, throughout my siblings, significant others, there's this like assumption of like, oh, you work with porn stars, like you must be getting laid all the time. And it's like, <laughs> oh, do you do construction when you go home from work? Or like, do you <laughs> just like not want to do your job? Like a doctor doesn't come home and then do open heart surgery with his family. Like, he, like exactly. He like is off the clock and he's living his normal life. Man, I'm loving where this conversation's going. We got way off the topic at first. I know we did, but you know what's very <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it's something that people need to hear about, though, too. You know what I mean? It is. Like, yeah, it's good. There's it's a good lot of people who don't. I mean, I always tell people I feel like I mentioned this yesterday when I was talking to Matt, but sometimes I feel like, you know, like we've suffered discrimination. Absolutely. I do think that things are changing. And I think it's almost important that we do have kids and like raise them well, raise them mm -hmm. not to judge. Like yeah. raise them to be okay with people being different, being like respecting people who have their own beliefs and like religious beliefs and stuff like that, like respecting them, letting them have their peace and also knowing that like they deserve their own peace and like they can think whatever they want and like, you know, just be a good example. Basically. Exactly. It's true. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's still a very fun job in a lot of ways too. You know what I mean? Like it really is. Do you remember the first thing you were obsessed with? I loved Hello Kitty. Oh, um, loved Hello Kitty. And then besides that, my obsession, sometimes boys have had crushes on boys. Yeah. Like one time I was in second grade and I remember I was really like battling in my head the idea of religion and like, you know, God and having to go to church and I hated church so much, but I was like always had to go and it was always this thing. Like if you don't yeah. believe you're going to hell and like this is like fear-based, <laughs> like like bordering psychological abuse type stuff because you're yeah. like a little kid. But I'm like grappling with these like big ideas and I'm like wondering and I'm like, okay, God, if you exist, like so-and-so is, has been sick for the last two days. If you do exist, he's going to be in class tomorrow. I pray he'll be yeah. in class tomorrow. And then the next day he's in class. So I'm like, okay, wait, God does exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not, it's like, okay, the average duration of like, you know, the flu or whatever. But <laughs> I have one more first that just popped into my head, actually, because you did tell us your Virginia story and it did involve you getting high. And even though <laughs> I'm someone who's never done any of I've never drank, never touched a drug. So lucky. I wish I was like you. What was your first experience smoking weed? It was so a lot of like the group I was friends with, a lot of the guys had already been like smoking weed and I wanted to try it. And I think some of my girlfriends did too. So we were all like at the beach and we told them, you know, we want to try it, whatever. I was out of this like plastic <laughs> Maybe like PVC, like sort of see-through almost, but like plasticky um, 
bong, like makeshift bong. <laughs> and instead of water, it was Dr. Pepper in the bong. Like, you know, it was I very, like very I makeshift. This stuff. I had and, this um, stuff too. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I was kind of disappointed because I didn't feel high after. And I don't know. They say, you know, you don't always get high the first time. I also don't know. Maybe I didn't like inhale enough of it or yeah. do it right. Or maybe it was a Dr. Pepper. Who knows? But, <laughs> <laughs> but the second time I smoked weed, that was the first time I was high. And woo, I was like seeing things. The cars were like moving when they were actually parked. <laughs> that was a whole different land. <laughs> that was scary. I remember like going to my, my girlfriend and I going to like a 7-Eleven and like eating an ice cream sandwich while I was high, while like paying for it and then like buying another one. And just like I kept, well, this is why Rhea is so skinny. I was eating ice cream sandwiches and I was high. She was just seeing things. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, oh, no. I sat around and ate ice cream sandwiches. But no, I, would I too. I just don't smoke anymore. <laughs> no, I don't either. You know what? I don't, I was very young when I, like 19, 20, 21, I wouldn't, no, it doesn't work for me. My first experience with mushrooms was oh. much better than <laughs> I did a lot of research. Like the thing, I'm like a very um, pro psychedelic person. They're, mm. you know, a big advocate. They're very, they can be very helpful and therapeutic. Can they really? Um, oh yeah, absolutely. They're okay. like, um, and there's actually big trials. Like I think in the near future, um, there's going to be it's going to be really common for people to go get psychedelic therapy. Yeah. There's a big push on the microdosing concept yeah. as well, where it's but like, even, you're not like yeah. tripping. You're just like, it's like clearing out the, the mm -hmm. bullshit up here. No, yeah. it's so healthy, but even like the full trips and going in and like having a session with, you know, there'll be like a doctor there and a psychotherapist to like talk you through everything and like, you know, really? releasing your trauma. Yeah. It's really big for PTSD. Oh, and, I need to um, get this End of done. life anxiety. So like a lot of cancer patients and stuff like that. So right now they're still doing mostly like trials and stuff, but it's yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, my, my first time doing shrooms was like very healing and fun. And I did it with my two good friends at the beach and it totally like, it was awesome. And it was like, you know, I took just enough where like I knew I would like trip out, but not like have anything super crazy happened. And it was like, so I felt so at peace and like the feeling lasts with you. Like, really? it's, huh. yeah, it can. I, I mean, it's that. really up to you. Yeah. And if you're like, you have to be in the right mind state, you have to be looking for a good, like healing, warm, happy experience type of thing. Yeah. Not like repressing anything down. Cause that shit will creep up and like freak Oof. the hell out of you. But <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, you're, you just feel really connected with the world and everyone around you and everything. So I think they're very, <laughs> they're very, um, can be helpful, you know, but it's like really important you do them like with care. Perfect. Is there a place in Florida that does that, that you know of? Cause I know I've heard about it like in other countries, right? Like you go to like South America. Or oh yeah. Like yeah. There's the ayahuasca ceremony. That's what I, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm the sure ayahuasca there's stuff. people, there are ketamine clinics now, which I think is technically a psychedelic. Oh, I think I'd be so scared of that one though. But there are clinics. No, apparently it's like a very good experience. Oh, really? Okay. But they do it for depression. Well, oh. people tend to like it, but yeah, you go in, you're monitored by someone and okay. they like administer it to you and you kind of go into like, I don't know, La La Land, Happy Land. Yeah. I've never done ketamine, so I don't know. <laughs> I am either. <laughs> but they do it and they do like, you know, I don't know, once a month sessions or once every few weeks or something like that for a little while. And apparently it helps. I need, I need to do this. It's I interesting. think I need to do it. I think it'll help me. The most dangerous thing though about them, psychedelics, is that like 
if you do have family history of bipolar and um, mm. schizophrenia, it can trigger that gene okay. in people oh, and they might get yeah. like manic and like, you know, it no. might initiate it. Like usually I think, like, I think by your age, like it would have kicked in, but yeah. still like it's something that like you don't want to necessarily, like it can push you over the edge. They need to do more testing on like all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 My mom, was, my was... mama is schizophrenic. She jumped off well, the there you go. building. Yeah. Oh my God. She lived. She lived. But I mean, wow. Well, I feel like we had a lot of fun. Matt, what do you think? I, feel like- I think so too. Do you? I have one more. I just first. love her so much. Raya's the best. Yay, yay, <laughs> I've got one best. more first Thanks to ask her, me. unless you have anything else. Oh, I don't have anything else. Okay. Well, then, Raya, if people have fallen in love with you during this episode, where's the first place they should go to learn more about you? <laughs> I would say just go to rayasunshine.online. My biggest adult platform is OnlyFans, so that's where, you know, onlyfans.com slash They've tried to set him up with Tiffany and Indigo, but there's something about Mary that they don't know. Mary, there's just something about Mary.